You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. This is Alec Baldwin. And you're listening to Here's the Thing from iHeartRadio. People have different definitions of what makes a star. Is it raw talent, beauty, or is it simply an X factor, a certain ineffable quality? Whatever it is, Mary Lou Henner has it, and she has it in spades. Singer, dancer, actor, and wellness expert, Henner is a multi-talented performer was also simply a joy to be around. She's like a Christmas tree and lights up every room she's in. She's starred in over a dozen films, seven Broadway shows, and two smash hit sitcoms. She played Ava Evans-Newton on Evening Shade alongside Burt Reynolds, and perhaps most notably, Elaine Nardo on Taxi, a role that earned her five Golden Globe nominations. Mary Lou Henner is also a New York Times best-selling author and recently staged a one-woman autobiographical show. It covered everything from growing up in a large family in Chicago to her preternatural mnemonic skills. Henner is one of about 60 people in the world who can recall nearly every detail of her life down to the exact day and date. It's so funny because, you know, I worked with Trump twice on Celebrity Apprentice. But he used to start every boardroom like, Mary Lou, if I took you to Vegas, could you cheat for me? Could you count the cards? Could you? <laughs> Let's go to Vegas. Yeah. You know? yeah. people, I'm sure people assume that this skill you have. It's not divine. a skill, but it's, yeah, it's just there. It's weird. What do you call it? Uh, I call it a gift. They, people sometimes call it a condition. It's not. And that's why they changed the name. They used to call it hyperthymesia, but then they thought that that was like too weird a name, which it really is. But it's not. That, they don't call it that anymore. It's HSAM, Highly Superior Autobiographical Memory, HSAM. And it's funny you should mention that and my show because I do a song about it in my show that my brother wrote the lyrics to. So I'm going to There's sing. a song called Wait, Don't Tell Me. No, no. You know what it's called? It's, you know the Peggy Lee song, Because uh, I'm a Woman, you know that song? Yeah. Okay, so I thought, hmm, because I have H, Sam. So this is what we decided. <laughs> so I'll just do the first two. This is what Packing Them In in Bucks County. Gonna come <laughs> it was Packing Them In. Yeah, yeah I was like in Because I have H, Sam. Because I have H, Sam. Excuse me, mister. It was a very successful number and a very successful run. A lot of fun. They said it was the best show they've done there in seven years. Well, let me ask you this. You wrote a biography back in 94. You've written 10 books, I believe, including that book. But when you do a one-woman show, where do you start? Well, you need an opening number that sort of grabs people and sort of sets up the tone. And so I... I wanted everything to sort of connect to something in my life. And I was watching uh, television and, do you know, the Cole Porter movie, not Night and Day, the other one that that he did. Anyway, so all of a sudden I'm flicking through channels and there it is. And it's Elvis Costello singing Let's Misbehave. And I thought, oh, that's the closing credits to Johnny Dangerously. I'm going to sing that song as my opener and then tell a story about Johnny Dangerously, but then say everything is connected. And then I go into the song about... 
my memory because I wanted to set that up right away because I throw dates around a lot. And then I talk about my childhood, which was so unusual. So, you know, and I do a little whole tribute to growing up in a dancing school. Well, you know, what's funny, when I think of you, I think of many things. You know, when you do the show Taxi, you're someone who is part of that elite group of people that I know who were on a hit TV show back when tens of millions of people were watching TV. <laughs> but such a remarkable group of people, all of whom went on to have these, you know, really heavy-duty careers and, and everything, and movies and TV and theater and so forth. And how did you get that job? Okay, this is a good story. I believe that the key to your life is how well you deal with plan B, because so many plan B things, you plan for plan A and you think this is how it's going to work out, and then all of a sudden, forget it. I'd been flown out to Los Angeles to do a screen test for a movie called Blood Brothers. I auditioned for Robert Mulligan. The guy I, I was testing opposite, I, he didn't get the job, but they kept me around because they had to find the guy. And then they found him, and it was Richard Gere, whom I knew through the Grease family, because when I, my first day in show business professionally, I was in the first national company of Greece, and I walked into that first rehearsal. And it was Jeff Conaway playing Danny Zuko, Jerry Zaks playing Kanicki, Michael Lembeck playing Sonny, Judy Kaye playing Rizzo, Johnny Travolta playing Duty, and Richard Gere rehearsing for the London company to play Danny Zuko. Anyway, so Richard and I crossed paths again because we ended up getting cast in Blood Brothers. So I came out to Los Angeles, and then I ended up staying because I had a contract with CBS at the time, and they offered me money every month to stay away from the other networks while they found something sure. for me. Holding money. Holding, holding deal. I had a holding deal for, for a few years. Now, all of a sudden, they're starting to audition for Taxi. And Joel Thurm, he really liked me. They wanted a 35-year-old Italian New Yorker because they wanted her to have like a 16, 17, 18-year-old daughter. And because unmarried woman and goodbye girl, those were all out then. So they like the mother-daughter dynamic. But Joel said, I'm telling you, this is the girl. I was 25. He said, this is the girl because she can hold her own with somebody like a Judd Hirsch. She's one of the guys, but you'd believe her having art aspirations. And I'm telling you, this is the girl. So he kept bringing me back with all these older actresses. But in the meantime, my mom was dying in the hospital in Chicago. So I would literally fly back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So what happened was they really liked me. And at that point, Paper Chase was picked up for a season. Oh, because Taxi didn't have to do a pilot. So Paper Chase was picked up for a season, and they said, okay, she tested higher than even John Hausman. We have to give her a contract. And my agent said, well, there's this other show, Taxi, that, you know, so we have to see. So my agents were able to play one against the other, and I really wanted to do Taxi because the idea of doing a sitcom was more appealing to me because it's like a stage play, you know. So... Taxi said, well, she's too young. We see this teenage girl with her daughter, blah, 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 blah. And they said, look, you're going to lose her to paper chase if you don't do it. And so they said, okay, we'll do it. She's Elaine. We'll give her two little kids. So that's what they did. So uh, how, it was Houseman, paper chase. And what was his name? Timothy something? Timothy Bottoms. No, he didn't do the TV show. Tim Bottoms did the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good movie. movie with Lindsay Wagner and everything else. John Houseman was a real character at the rap party for the pilot. He tried to French kiss me. I mean, he was like one of those guys. Wow. Well, he'd you can be, imagine. He'd be canceled now. I know. Oh, yeah, my God. I've got, yeah. yeah. I mean, I never had like you, creepy, I'm sure you have a few things. stories of people stories, who, <laughs> who probably deserve to be canceled at some point in no, your life. You know? Actually, I was very protective of myself. I've been the kind of girl that I yeah. think most, well, whatever, I don't want to say You handled it well. I, you know, I had brothers, so I knew men are pigs. So I was like always on the defense. Well, you know? okay. I knew. I was paying attention. Some of them are. Some of them are. You know, it's funny you say that because in that casting holding deal, I went out to L.A. I've told the story before, I think, but I'm there. And Chris Guest's mother, Jean oh, Guest. Oh, Jean Guest. Oh, she's the one Jean who gave me the deal. Jean Guest, who I worshipped, loved I, her. Oh, Jean Guest was in charge of oh, casting. Incredible. Loveliest woman in show. She was one of the loveliest women in show oh. business. And if she really believed in you, she, like, hung in there with you. Forget it, And she it, yeah. brings me into a meeting, and they put me on a holding deal because uh, I did a pilot for them that fizzled. And they said, we're going to sign you to this holding deal because we really believe in you. We're going to just keep throwing it against the wall until something sticks. And then he says, we want you to be the next Bill Bixby. <laughs> I was like, wow, that sounds great. Did you ever honor the deal? Did you ever have to? Or did you go get something else in the meantime? I went to do a pilot, up? and then I did yeah. a TV movie for them. I did a couple things for them. This is obviously a billion years ago in the 80s, in the early 80s. The one with Stephanie Zimblis? You were so good in that. That was NBC. Okay. Oh, that was NBC. You remember that? My God, yeah. I could tell you the day we met and how we met. What was the day? It was May, May the 22nd of 1985. It was a Wednesday. 
And this is how we met. I knew Tuck, your roommate. So Tuck and I went to dinner one time in, in Venice, right where you guys used to live. Yeah, where we lived, yeah. So I went over to your house, and now we are both, I'm in New York doing the junket for Perfect, and I'm on a bunch of shows, and I'm on Live at Five with Sue Simmons, remember? Sue Simmons. Yeah. yeah. And you're, in, and so you and I were both in the room, but I didn't see you because I didn't really know you. And all of a sudden, you were, I could feel you over my, sh- this person over my left shoulder. And then all of a sudden, Sue Simmons says, and coming up next, uh, Alec Baldwin and later Mary Lou Hanner. And it was like, we looked at each other and I went, oh my gosh. It was like, oh my gosh. And you and I actually had lunch the day of the big perfect opening. And you yeah. were 100 days sober that day. And you showed me your coin. Yeah. I have 36 years now. In February, I'll have 37 years. Isn't that unbelievable? It's incredible. And even, and even last night, I wanted to have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> last night, I thought, let me just have a gigantic glass. Of let me just what, have what like would a you huge drink? slurpy glass of red wine oh, red to wine. help me go down. Because I have horrible insomnia. I've always had horrible uh, yeah. insomnia. Me too. Me too. And now with these kids, it's horrible. You know, I wrote you a know? book called I Refuse to Raise a Brat. And I wrote it with a brilliant psychoanalyst because I, I had these two kids. And I, I listened, every time I listened to her, it didn't, it, it, the kids, it was all good. And then when I didn't, it was like, okay, it's going to bite me on the ass at some point. But it, it's so funny because having so many, I grew up with six, you grew up with six. We had the opposite of you guys because it was two boys and four girls. Right. Which is different. And, and you, were the, you were third? Third. I was third. We came up with this concept, the concept of hamper, you know, because our houses were like a big hamper. So now to this day, you could have a beautiful silk blouse, but it's got a stain. So you put a pin over it. That's hamper. You know, your glasses are broken. So you put a pin in it. That's hamper. You know, you do your paper paper clip, your uniform had staples in it or tape or something. You know, it's like my I remember growing up, our phone cord was always like, so you had to like hold it to talk on the phone. If you read my memoir, it opens up with how my mother Mother's bedroom was filled with plastic pails filled with laundry. (laughs) There was laundry all over her bedroom. Her her bedroom was a hamper. She had an ironing board at the foot of her bed and an iron, and she had like these plastic hampers. Right. These collapsible plastic things that were just, and they were like falling off of each other. I said, if you if you came to my house and you didn't know better, you thought this was an illegal laundry. Someone was running out of their house. (laughs) My mother used to do her laundry on Tuesdays. It was seventeen loads, you know, and she always had like seventeen loads from all of us. Because when you think about it, a house full of kids like that. The beginning of the pandemic, I was home. My boys were here. My brother, his two children, my husband, we were here. I never did more cooking and cleaning and laundry and scrubbing grout in my life because I'm very, you know, I like to be very organized. But we had a rule that everybody... My wife hates it. She's really angry with me. That you're so meticulous? That I'm so crushed by an OCD at that level with my kids. Like, I'm always cleaning my house all day long, and my wife was right. like, this is going to kill you. Well, with kids, you got to let it go. I mean, because I was always, and I was tested for OCD because that was part of the whole memory thing. They take blood. They do all kinds of tests for you. I don't have OCD. I, I call mine OCO, obsessive compulsive order, because one kid in the family had to have it with six kids, and my bedroom was off the kitchen and had no door. So people could be on the phone or at the kitchen table and look in at a little girl sleeping. And I didn't care. I slept. I mean, I was my si- oldest sister ch- shared it with me, then my younger sister, then my brother. I mean, but always my room had no door. So I think that's how I ended up in show business. I think the same. I'll tell my wife, I go, don't you want to, let's go the opposite way here. Don't you want to commend me for how neat I am? Don't you, would, you, would you rather have a husband who didn't want to clean? No, the, no, you, the, you have two biological children. Two biological children. And they're how old now? They're 20, uh, one is 27, the other one's 25 and a half. And you had them during what phase of your career? What were you working on at the time that you decided to, to put the brakes on and have kids? Oh, well, I had I had finished, um, okay, so I finished Evening Shade. I do tell this in my club act because I always say I couldn't talk about the 80s and 90s without talking about Burt Reynolds because I did five projects with him. And we never had a thing, which is probably why we were able to work together so often. Mm-hmm. But I always adored him. And he, one morning, you know, Rob, my second husband, and I were frisky. And then I go to work and... Bert is directing this episode where he has me do a stunt where I am running, 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 leaping over like a fence on a, in a, like a football stadium stand. And I land and then, you know, run up to the team and he says, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. So that night I was sitting in a restaurant and this is after three and a half years, I'm sitting in a restaurant and I looked at Rob and I went, oh, the eagle has landed. I just got pregnant. He said, what? And I said, I'm telling you, contact was made. 
And sure enough, I was pregnant. So I always tell people, Burt Reynolds got me pregnant, even though he's not the father of my kids. He's the spiritual father. The spiritual of father, yeah. And when you worked with him, he, you did Cannibal too with him? Well, I first did The Man Who Loved Women, and we had such a great chemistry the very first day. But he called me the night that we we met, the very night, and he said, I want you to come down to the thea- dinner theater in Jupiter, Florida. I want you to do their playing our song. He said, and I'm, I want you to do Cannonball Run 2, but I want a rewrite of the script. Do you know anybody, any of the guys from Taxi that might be willing to take a crack at it? I was like, okay. So originally the Cannonball, I've never told this story before. The Cannonball Run 2 script was about the Dom and Bert sort of rescue this girl who's hiding out in a sanitarium and she's an heiress and then they rescue her and then she and Bert end up in a thing. And so then I get Harvey Miller, who was a taxi writer, the job, and he turns it into two women. And then Shirley MacLaine wanted to do it. So then, of course, they put Shirley with Bert and I was with Dom, which was fine, but it's kind of funny. But I had like one of the best experience. That movie was so stupid. But there were a couple days where we had like 23 wagon trains in the desert outside of Tucson, Arizona, because it was 117 degrees. So we started, hair and makeup was at two o'clock in the morning, so we could be on the road before four. And we pulled the plug at at one, but then everybody hung out at the pool at the Arizona Inn. So it was Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin, all these guys, and even Frank for a day. And to be with Shirley, whom I had always loved and always idled, to play her friend, and then to have her hanging out with the Rat Pack. It was like, you know, I was this little girl from Chicago who was watching these people at drive-ins and stuff. So it was like a lot of fun. Yeah. I met him, for those people who don't know this, and I was not a big devotee of this, but I went a few times, is that Norby Walters, yeah. the famous record executive, Norby Walters had his card game, his yes. legendary card game at his apartment. Wednesday nights. In uh, West Wednesday nights in West Hollywood. You go up to that apartment of his near uh, uh, Holloway. Yeah, Holloway, La Cienega. Yeah, La Cienega, on your way to Barney's Beanery and on your way to the Sunset Marquee. And you go to uh, his house, and I went there, I went a handful of times, you know, uh, Velveeta cheese and Hershey's <laughs> the, the Kisses worst. in a bowl. Oh, my God. And no alcohol. That was the rule. No, no alcohol. alcohol. No. And you bought $100 worth of chips, and when you were finished, you were done. There was no right. serious gambling. Right. And you went there, and I remember sitting there one time, and it was Harvey Corman and Tim. Oh, Tim Conway, yeah. Conway. The two of them were there one time. Kathy Lee Crosby would go every now yeah. and then. Rod Steiger was there. A couple times. He was when you were there. He was there. Bert was there when I went one time. Oh, he was. He seemed like he was in the throes of his kind of Mm. medicated agony. But but he but then to to the right of me one time was Don Adams. And Don Adams is, is in a China white jumpsuit. And everyone's waiting for the moment to arrive when someone's gonna just do this and do the Don Adams thing. So somebody roll puts down two pairs, you know. Somebody puts down two pairs, and I put down, and I say, I have three kings. <laughs> I do so my dog. And everybody laughs, and he doesn't laugh. Oh. And then finally, he smiles and nods to me like, okay, good for you. You, you, you saw the opportunity, and you took it. But he was very serious and very... Yeah. Like really super antiseptic and very, he was there to play cards. Right. He didn't want to talk about his career or chit chat. He was there to yeah. play cards with a bunch of schmucks. We weren't card players. We're eating Velveeta <laughs> like, and Hershey's Kisses and drinking and Hawaiian Punch or whatever the hell they had there. Yeah, bad popcorn. Yeah. You know, it's funny you're bringing up Norby Walters because you probably don't remember this, but we were both supposed to be there on it was uh, It was June the 7th of 2001. Okay, it was a Wednesday, June the 6th of 2001. (laughs) Seriously. And you called up and said you weren't going to make it. He put me on the phone with you. And I said, you said, how are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And I said something about, I'm I'm filing for divorce. And you said, oh, can I talk to you about divorce? I said, you said, let's meet tomorrow. So you and I went to Sushi Roku on 3rd Avenue. And you were telling me of all the pitfalls. This was 2001. It was what happened was we got together because I was avoiding the process servers because everybody right. said, oh, you have to let the woman serve first because otherwise it looks like she cheated, blah, 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 blah. And we were having right. a friendly divorce. You know, we went away that weekend and read about it ourselves in the paper. Rob and I were still friends. I know I do things weird, but right. we're still like really good friends. But anyway, we sat at the Sushi Roku for like two and a half hours and you told me 
everything that was going on and what I should watch topic, out yeah. for. I know. You remind me, your energy and my feelings for you <laughs> remind me of when I was around Streisand once and I said to her, you know, uh, you and I would be the greatest divorced couple. You know, we would be married, we'd be in love, maybe we'd have a kid. Of course, we get divorced. It just has to be that way in show sure. business. And, but I'd come over every Sunday, we'd have Chinese food, screen that a movie. That sounds like my divorces. <laughs> exactly. And I feel the same way about you. You and I would have made great ex Partners, yes. Yeah. Well, we, we think very forever. similarly, and, and that, that we have that big family kind of thing. This is a trite word, and this is a trite idea, but not so trite now in the age of the pandemic and beyond. And that is positivity. And you have always been this like staggeringly positive, healthy. What's the secret? Well, a couple things come to mind. I had a really great family. We're still super close. My parents both died tragically, both of them very young. And I think it bonded the family. I did a lot of therapy. I got my whole family involved in therapy. My, my therapist would put six speaker boxes up in her office in Princeton, New Jersey. And every other Sunday for 10 years, the siblings would do a group therapy. So we worked out a lot of our stuff. That's number one. But I had an extraordinary childhood, which was totally unusual with the dancing school in the backyard, a beauty shop in the kitchen, an uncle who taught art at the Catholic grammar school and lived upstairs with his boyfriend, Charles, and a menagerie of animals. And I just had such an unusual way of growing up. And I always had this mission to make something of myself and to share. I think it's a middle child in me, always wanted to like, if I have a good idea, I wanna share it with everybody. I've never been very proprietary over anything. I just always want to share with people. I think it com comes from being the middle maybe. But I also think having my memory has helped because the memory makes you get over things very quickly because you start to see the waves. And also being an actress, you know, every bad experience was like, okay, I'm gonna take note of this. What can I do better next time? How can I figure this out? You know, I say to people all the time, they go, how do you do it? And I, it's like this. I go, think of flaps up. And it's like, you just close your ears to it. Flaps up. I say that to my kids all the time. You know, smile, nod, and move on. So you were married three times. You were married mm -hmm. twice, and you're married again now. Third, and, third, final. third, and, third, third and final. Third and final. Third and final. So each of these men, to the extent you're willing to say, what did they represent for you? You seem to be such a thoughtful, deliberate, aware. You seem like somebody that all the lights are on. Mm -hmm. your, your brain, your mind, your soul is like a house you pull up to. It's like <laughs> some kind of a Richard Neutra, all glass structure and all the lights are on. You're always on, you know what I mean? And, and alert yeah. and aware. Yeah. So when you married one and you married two and you married three, what were you what marrying happened? them for? Well, first of all, Freddie and I met at a screen test. And I didn't know that they had added a kiss. I was the sixth girl screen testing opposite him for a film called Hammett. And we just so had For people who don't know, this is Forrest. Yeah, Fre uh, sorry, Frederick Forrest, right. the Academy yeah. Award you nominated. You can call him Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. And so he was so different from anybody I knew. He was a lot older than I was, but he was so different from anybody I ever knew. And I was so fascinated by him because his brain was so different. And he was just... I, I've just never seen anything like a totally instinctive, uh, brilliant actor, brilliant actor, and would transform himself. Every part that he's played, he looks completely different. And he wanted to marry me a few months after we started dating, and I said, no, let's live together. He said, no, marriage or nothing. I said, okay, well, then nothing. And then I went to my 10th year high school reunion in Chicago, and he went to a wedding, and he called me, and we were both feeling very sentimental, and we said, Okay, let's get married. I said, okay. And then we ended up getting married three weeks later in New Orleans, and that was it. And then coming home from the honeymoon, because the actors were on strike, I was going back to taxi, and I thought, what have I just done? I married a total stranger to me. You know, it was like crazy. But he was so fascinating and so loving and so full of demons that if you're not somebody who is exposed to demons a lot, you think, like, I'll fix it. I'm going to take care of it. How the demons old were you at the time? 28. I was 28. Yeah, you were very young. Yeah. yeah. Everything was, you do in your 20s was, is yeah. a mulligan oh. in my book. Yeah. No, I have three theories of marriage. The first one is marriage is like making waffles. You throw the first one out. Okay. The second one is marriage is finding that special certain someone you just know you'd love to aggravate the rest of your life. Because marriage is like, ee, 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 you know, all these little like diggy kind of things. And I said, right. but no, the real theory, St. Exuberi wrote something and I added something to it. And that is... You'll have a happy marriage when you realize marriage isn't two people gazing longingly into each other's eyes, 
but rather looking out over the mountain in the same direction with their hands on each other's genitals. That's the part I added. <laughs> That's the part I added because you've got to have I, no, vision you're kidding. and heat. Oh, that wasn't Saint Exuberate? No? No, okay. I wrote it. Sorry. Wrote that. So you've got to have vision yes. and heat. So my first marriage was all heat. My second marriage was all vision. And finally, I have vision and heat in my third marriage. Actress Mary Lou Henner. If you like hearing about the lives of groundbreaking women in comedy, check out my interview with Carol Burnett. Her hit variety show ran for more than a decade in the late 60s and 70s. And at the height of her success, she had to tread carefully. In that era, there, the only one who really would speak up was Lucy. She was very strong. Right. Uh, but it's not in my nature to take over, confront, right. or anything. You know, like if if a sketch wasn't working or something, instead of like Gleason or Sid would say, "Look, look, guys, this stinks. Now, come on, you got to fix it." But but you know, they would do that. I would say, uh, I'd call the writers down into the rehearsal hall and I'd say, "You know, guys, um, I'm not doing this too well. Do you think maybe you could help me out with a, a different line here or there?" Because, you know, otherwise I would have been a bitch. Hear more of my conversation with Carol Burnett in our archives at heresthething.org. After the break, Mary Lou Henner talks about how a change she made in her approach to auditioning completely opened up her career. Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Mary Lou Henner is passionate about encouraging people to take charge of their happiness and well-being. She's written several best-selling books on living a healthy lifestyle, often sharing lessons that changed her own life. What happened was 
I went with uh, Jerry Katzman, who was the head of uh, William Morris at the time. He said, you have to write a book. I'm hooking you up with uh, Judith Regan. So Judith and I met at lunch, and we like hung out together all day and everything. I had a book deal. So I started working on my autobiography. She is a character. And when she started her own imprint, she said to me, you have to write a health book because you're in such good shape. You're this. You changed so much since blah, blah, blah. You Every time I have anything wrong with me, my kids, I call you and you always seem to know the answer. So I was doing the show Chicago on Broadway and one of the guys said, oh, why don't you give us like some lectures? I was like, okay. So in between shows, I would do these seminars and I'd have a little you know, like tape recorder, and I'd be, you know, talking to them. And then I'd be putting on my eyelashes, like the evils of dairy products, you know, as I'm putting on my eyelashes to go do Roxy. And so then I worked with somebody who was like a real craftsperson in terms of like books. And I was so revved up from all the Fosse, and my boys were very little, so I could like give them a bath, go to the theater, be revved up, go to an office and work on the book. And a few weeks after the show ended, the book came out, and it went on the New York Times bestseller list. And I sold over a million copies of that first health book, but then got co- a contract to keep going and going and going. So then I've done 10. What's your biggest health concern? You know, growing up in my lifetime, everybody was always saying, you know, don't smoke. And then uh, when I went through my drug phase, people said, you got to get sober and stop taking all these drugs and drinking, uh, which I you know, had a very relatively brief but white hot period of that for a couple of years in the 80s when I was very young. And then as I've gotten older, you know, the thing that shocks me that is the utter poison in my life is sugar because I, oh. I was pre-diabetic and now I'm full diabetic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and which has been so crushing for me and demoralizing yeah. for me. Yeah. What's your health concerns now? Like, what do you say to yourself? I never eat. I sometimes eat. Every now oh. and then I cheat and I allow myself to eat. When, when you want to treat yourself to something that you know isn't the best possible thing for you, is it something sweet? Is it something no, no, no. savory? No, no, no. I'm a savory person. No, I would say probably sushi is like my own, my last, not so Vice. guilty pleasure. Yeah. But right. I haven't had dairy since August 15th, 1979. It was a Wednesday. I gave up dairy and have never had dairy since. And it changed my life. So I'm always How trying so? to get people off of dairy. What was, what, what oh. was the impact? Oh, my Other gosh. Other than sinuses I mean, and congestion you hear about? Well, that's a lot. But, it, you know, th- sore throats and stomach aches all the time. When I lived in New York, I'd live near Zabar's and I would go pick up cheese ends, you know, at Zabar's where they'd cut the cheese a certain way. Yeah, and the then they'd rind. have the little, the little rind and stuff. And I'd buy these little cheese bags, cheese ends bags at, on my way to unemployment and wondered why am I not working when I'm fat, constipated, and have pimples, you know. I mean, my whole stomach changed after I gave up dairy. I used to be an ice cream addict. I was like Brando. Yeah. And they say that Brando would sit with like a half a gallon of ice cream and watch TV. Mm-hmm. And he'd have like a big jug of ice cream and lay in his bed and just with a spoon and eat like a half a gallon of ice cream. That's that funny. wasn't that bad. Yeah. But no, I, it was so not that bad. Dairy is always the first thing I talk to people about. Always. That's that's been on my that's my soapbox speech immediately with people. Especially I can read people's faces and tell that they're like allergic to it or something like that or they've had trouble. But the big killer right now, I think, for everybody is the whole stress management. People really, you know, I I say three things. Learn to love the food that loves you, and we know what doesn't love us. Learn to love the food that loves you. It's very obvious what does. Dairy did not love me. Meat did not love me. Sugar does not love me, nor does it love you, obviously. So I say, learn to love the food that loves you. I say motion is the lotion because we've got to move. You know, your cat stretches, your dogs, you walk your dogs, your hamster's got a wheel. We're this beautiful human animal. You've got to walk, you got to do, you got to move. Move, move. Motion is the lotion. And then I also say... You better fall in love with your stress or it's going to kill you. Because if I, when I give, I go all over the country. <laughs> you better. I can't fall in love with my stress. You yeah, got, well, yeah. I mean, it's, but no, you have to, I, I always say, because I give, give speeches all over the country. I'm always like asked to give, you know, could go to different things, seminars and stuff. And I always say, if every one of you in this audience wrote down your problems on a piece of paper and I collected them and I started reading them out and you had to pick some problems that are on a list. You'd all take back your own because you know the beast. You know how to handle it. You just might not be doing it. Well, I always tell people whenever I'm, especially when I'm speaking to people in this profession, number one, you find out how much you love acting itself. 
because you're going to get to do so little of it. Oh. The life of the actor is all this other bullshit, uh, you know, the rest of the year. And you're in front of a camera, what, 45 minutes a day, an hour a day. The rest is sitting in your room. You do the right. show. It's two hours at night if you're inclined to do theater. And I said, you need to find out how much you love it. And number two, if you're in, get into it. Don't do what I did, which is to be like, fuck L.A. and fuck you. And I think you're all full of shit. And you know, this whole thing is just this business is full of shit. Be a part of it. Join the Academy. Go to the screening. Be a part of the business. Right. And don't be cynical about it. And if not, then get out. Get out. I always say if something do can- Do it or don't do it. If something can talk you out of it, let it. Because right. otherwise you have to really, really want to do it. And also, I always say to people, look, fall in love with auditioning because it might be the only 10 minutes you have that job. So if you do it, you know what I mean? Then, then, then it's like your job for 10 minutes. And maybe... It, I do you know, remember all these people from the TV star shelf that we always talk about. Gregory Harrison, who did an interview once to change my life. Gregory Harrison. He, he, oh, said, he and I he, were... We did the Jack Nicholson, uh, Anne Margaret parts in, in uh, Carnal Knowledge at the Pasadena Carl. Playhouse. We played oh, those I parts. So we saw each other naked I in a shower. That. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, he, we, we, I'm sure you both look pretty good. We did. You know? We, do. we still do. <laughs> I see. I see. Gregory he did. He did an interview once years ago. It was a million years ago, like TV Guide or some stupid thing. And he did an interview where he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing. He was like, you know, his whole energy changed, his whole career changed when he walked into auditions, and his attitude was like, "How can I help you?" Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. called me here, right? I didn't put a gun to your head and make you come audition yeah. me for this part. I have something you want. Yes, you're looking for something, and whether and, and once he stopped giving the energy of like oh and being fawning and obsequious exactly. with them, everything changed. It's, it's so funny you're saying this because I tell a story uh, in my show again about how I auditioned for 40 commercials before I got one. And the reason I finally got one, and then I booked 72 in two and a half years. I mean, it was like crazy. I was doing commercials constantly. But it took me 40 auditions to get my first one because on the 39th, a friend of mine called me and it was for Mr. Coffee. I still remember the jingle and I had to sing it. I was so wrong for the part, but he called me in and he called me that night and he said, are, he knew I was having trouble with auditions. And he said, are you this way, the way you were today with me uh, in your auditions? And I went, oh, my gosh, no. Are you kidding? I was just so myself because you were there. He said, we almost changed the whole concept of the commercial because you were so original. He said, that's what you have to do every time you go into an audition. Stop giving people what you think they want. Just go in there and it's going to hit. It's going to hit. And he was right. And then I booked one right after the other. And I became this body parts model. And it was just like crazy that I did a lot of different parts parts of the body. I was... Uh, Which parts of the body did you do, okay. Mary Lou? Which parts? Okay. This is in my show. I said, I did four Playtex bra commercials. You know, it's got sash, sheer, and seamless support. Two Playtex panties commercials. And you were wearing a bra. You were a bra model. I was a bra model. But wow. sometimes I had like a shirt on, you know, and you could see certain things. But it was just like, I'm what you call well developed. Exactly. And right. then I did two Playtex panties commercials where all you saw was my butt and, and they my were separate. Crotch. These were separate commercials. Separate. The bra and the panties were two. These were separate shoots. Separate shoots. Because if I was the producer, that's what I would have said. I said, "Now we need to shoot these separately, (laughs) and we need to shoot them over five days." Four, and I did two. Yes, and then I said, "But all you see is my butt and my crotch, walking my dog, walking around Lincoln Center, getting on a bus." The Polaroids. When you walk into the audition for a panties commercial, it's amazing because you see all these Polaroids of just people's crotches and butts and side views and everything else. And then I was even the Fruit of the Loom (laughs) pantyhose girl inside of a giant apple with my legs sticking out. And so I did like different parts. But then I also did like I did an Exxon Bicentennial Minute where I played Annie Sullivan. I got a Clio nomination for that. And I did everything from Reese's Peanut Butter to Gleam Toothpaste. So many different types. I was the Ponderosa Steakhouse Girl, the Samsonite Luggage Girl. (laughs) So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Because every time, and I learned this the hard, I mean, I learned the hard way. You walk in and you bring something to it. Like Gregory says, how can I help you? Let me show you something like I would do with it. But what did you study at U Chicago? You studied theater. No, they had a theater department, but they had no theater degree. So even what though did, I was what kind of courses public, did you take? So I t- no, I was a political science major, and so okay. and the first two years is mostly the core curriculum. So where did well. you learn to sing and dance? Well, I grew up in the dancing studio, and I always sang because my two older sisters were in choir and stuff like that. So I'd go to their practices and stuff. And it was just something I always wanted. You know, I, I was on stage at two and a half at a father-daughter So was the lead in Chicago like a pinnacle for you? Was that a big dream come true That was a big dream. <laughs> I, they called me on 
March the 14th of 1997, Walter, whom I knew from the Grease family, and they right. called me and they said, uh, Annie Reinking is leaving Chicago and she thinks she'd be a good replacement. What kind of dance shape are you in? And I said, oh, I haven't had my legs up over my head except for childbirth or a good weekend for about five years. So I better get my ass back into class. So I went to class for 10 days and then I went to audition. And then he said, go home, work on the Fosse. And I did. And I went back and there were like 27 potential actors in the room. And they kept eliminating, eliminating until they told me I had the job. So I did 408 performances, 408 performances. On Broadway. Broadway, but I also did Vegas because they asked me to come to Vegas. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to Vegas. And then my agent said, well, let's have some fun with your quote. And then he called me back. He said, they made you an offer you can't refuse. You're going to Vegas. I was like, okay. So I went to Vegas. But my favorite Vegas story, because people always said, what's the difference between Broadway and Vegas? Although it's not this anymore. I'd say, oh, yeah, cup holders. Because back then you could, this was uh, 99 and 2000, you couldn't, you could drink in Vegas, but you couldn't do it on Broadway. So um, I'd been there two weeks, and they said, we love you here. I said, really? You've seen the show? And I was like all excited. And he said, no, I haven't seen the show yet. But your crowd drinks a lot more Belvedere yeah. than most people. <laughs> okay. We like Belvedere. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget. Someone was in, connected to like one of these big fizzy musicals, and they were doing like some kind of a cast replacement, and they wanted all this stunt casting with somebody famous. Mm-hmm. And this actress walks in to audition for the lead role. She's this famous actress. And she comes in and she does her audition. And she leaves, and everyone's just kind of standing there, slack-jawed after she leaves. <laughs> and the director turns to her and goes, she can't sing, she can't dance, she can't act. She's a star, damn it. <laughs> That's right. You know, like, like we're going to hire her, gonna even hire- though she, has, she gets a D or an F in all three categories based on what they saw there in that room that day. It's so funny because there's all these like, <clears throat> stories that, you know, you, that sort of shape your life like that one, you know, you, and you just write, you hear it and you understand it and you, you know it right away. When I was uh, first on Taxi, somebody at ABC came and he goes, I've got a movie for you, Mary Lou. I said, really? What is it? And he said, sizzle. I said, what's it about? He said, who cares? Sizzle. (laughs) So Johnny and I always used to say, we would like joke, like people were like, who cares? Sizzle. You know, it's just that thing that you do. New York Times bestselling author, Mary Lou Henner. If you're enjoying this conversation, be sure to subscribe to Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we return, Mary Lou Henner talks about finding lasting love the third time around. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds make mom's mother's day and all the 364 days that aren't mother's day with a bartesian cocktail maker at 50 dollars off visit b-a-r-t-e-s-i-a-n.com backslash mother now to get 50 dollars off the bartesian premium cocktail maker bartesian premium cocktails on demand this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Alec Baldwin, and this is Here's the Thing. Mary Lou Henner recently developed and performed a one-woman autobiographical show. It's filled with songs and stories from her remarkable life. I sing a song about my sons and show a video of, like, pictures of them and little videos. Oh, it kills me every time. If I watch it, I'll cry. Just thinking about it, I cry. And it's a mashup between Nick of Time because, you know, it's funny, Nikki took me three and a half years to get pregnant. Joey, like, immediately, I didn't even get my period. It was like, bam, I'm pregnant again. So, and he, and so I do Nick of Time, and happiness is just a thing called Joe, and that's it. And also, I sing a song about Freddie, my first husband. I do Desperado, because that's kind of who he was in my life. And that song always gets to me, too. So it's like tell, telling some of those type stories. And talking about Bert was very emotional, too, a couple times. So it depends, you know, it depends on the crowd. When you come and you're going to camp, is your husband going to come with you? He comes, yeah. He Does he comes travel in with he's you? He's great. Oh, that's, he's another whole story. You know, we wrote a book. We got together. He was my roommate's boyfriend. I didn't dare twinkle in his direction. But then when he called me out of nowhere, uh, six months after our, my divorce from Rob was final, we got together. Within a week, we're saying, I love you. We're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And two months later, he's diagnosed with two cancers, bladder cancer and lung cancer. And we ended up doing a whole protocol for him that didn't involve chemo or radiation. They wanted to remove his bladder, his prostate, run a hose up his penis, and we could pump it up six times if we wanted to have sex. They were, they were pushing all of this. I was like, no. And uh, we always say Is that- Is he done with the penis pump, by the way? Is oh, he finished well, with that? Well, we do it for fun. No, he doesn't okay. need the pump at all. No, oh. my husband, please. Oh, God. No, okay. no, not at all. No, what he, a no, hearty he endorsement his, that is. <laughs> he saved all of his organs. He saved his organs. And he's been in remission. It'll be 18 years, November the 24th. It's pretty remarkable. And he didn't- <clears throat> He did immunotherapy, but he went completely vegan and he went, got rid of, I mean, he did everything. He shot himself with Iscador, which is extract of mistletoe. He got rid of all of the mercury fillings in his mouth, chelation therapy, high colonics, lymphatic massages, infrared saunas. And he stays on this protocol and he has been in remission almost 18 years. It's pretty remarkable, you know, pretty cool. When I went to the doctor and he was going to do the anterior hip replacement process. And he says to me, now I want to just review with you that you know that, that when you do the anterior procedure, when you go in the front, as opposed to the side, it's the quickest to heal. But there are some complications. There's like 0.02% that we're going to nick some nerves in there. Or there's some arterial damage. Uh -oh. I said, what nerve? And he took his finger and he went like this. Whoa! And raised. No! And I, and, and, and I turned to him and I said, oh, you can just tear that out. Just rip that <laughs> nerve right out. I'm done. You can just yank that, get a pair of pliers and just yeah, but you're not done right with sex. Come on, you and <clears throat> we have an expression well. in my family, PF. Okay, we have this expression. My brothers and I made it up, and it's like measures the sexual quotient of things. Like, oh man, there was so much PF at that party, or man, I saw that movie. No PF between the two of them, and PF stands for pussy factor or penis factor, right? Because things have PF, you know. And I don't like BDE for big dick energy because that is sexist and sizist. Do you know what I mean? But you and Hilaria right. obviously have tons of PF. Obviously, six kids, but but you you still want to have. You're still going to have PF even yeah, if no, that no, thing. No, is I, no, I don't, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to retire from that but yeah, I don't I'm, I'm, but six kids it's really been it's been like a tsunami well, six and eight years is yeah, yeah six much. kids in seven years in yeah. seven years we'll in seven years seven oh years. that's right seven years do you, you know i don't know if you remember this day but we were all all the kids because ireland is close to my joey's age he's born um november 12th uh, 1995 so she's like the month she's before, October 23rd, she? right? So yeah. we, we were all at a meet because Joey was like the real athlete in the family. But Joey was at this meet, and Caitlyn Jenner was there, and and her kids, and you know Ireland and my Joey, and they were all doing their sports thing. And you walked up to my son Nick, who was about thirteen at the time, fourteen at the time, and you said, "And what are you going to be besides a Ralph Lauren model?" <laughs> because he's very cute. What is he doing now? He's a director. He's a director. He's wow. a, he went to Columbia, and he directs all these videos, and he directed this short that has now been bought by Will Ferrell's company, and he's turned it into a two-hour movie, and he might be directing it. We'll see. But it looks good.
Can I just say what my son Joey's doing too? Because he's yes, okay. Because yes, I said about Nick. So Joey lives in Brooklyn, and he does his improv troupe that they do whatever. But he's an international bridge player. He's one of the top bridge players in the world under twenty five, and he became a life master at twenty four. And he has all these women that he plays bridge with. And they pay a lot of money to play with him because he's so cute. And he's writing a script called Bridge Gigolo because that's. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I have it. a comedy writer and I, I have a director. It. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm you very should proud tell him he should read Jonathan Ames's book, The Extra Man, <laughs> that was made into a film with Kevin Klein and Paul Dano. And uh, that's your son, the Paul Dano oh, character. Oh, he is a character. Because it's about a boy that meets like a guy who's like a, who's like a walker. He's like a male prostitute. Oh. And he doesn't necessarily sleep with the women, but he's, right. like, he like takes old, these old biddies to like Palm Beach cotillions and all this well, shit. Well, I hope they, and, and, and the women young, listening he, aren't he, thinking that my son is talking about them as old biddies because, you know, some of them. No, 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 we, no, I can't believe you said that. I forgot that. I know. We literally, they, my, my wife calls her Mary Lou. I know she does. Maria Lucia, but my wife calls her Mary Lou. My yeah, wife calls I know. my daughter it's Mary on, Lou. It's, it's on eerie. The back, it's on the back of her um, little high chair. Of her chair, of her other. high chair. I know, see, I pay attention. Well, my name is Mary Lucy Denise Cecilia Henner Forrest Lieberman Brown. <laughs> Good luck. Vision and heat. Good luck on that chair. <laughs> okay. My love to you, sweetie. We'll talk to you down the road, okay? okay? actress and author Mary Lou Henner. This episode was produced by Kathleen Russo, Carrie Donahue, Maureen Hoban, and Zach McNeese. Our engineer is Frank Imperial. I'm Alec Baldwin. Here's the Thing is brought to you by iHeartRadio. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.